you're tuning in to New Life Vietnam. Today's message by Pastor Lop is Speaking Hesitancy from Acts verses 1 to 31. Okay, uh, I think reading Bible reading plan, I think you had heard me enough. Uh, any Sunday is a good day to start if you have missed or behind or you want to start completely new and head start, you know, before the new year hit and then you're busy with other things, right? Okay, uh, now I'm on the uh, pastoral chat mode uh, of the number four. And if you notice, the, uh, this month, November, I have three. The first one, talk about trust issues. Uh, the second one, I talk about hearing dilemma. And now we're talking about speaking Uh, hesitancy. They are. They have some connection, uh, but you yourself have to connect the dot. Uh, as a hearer, you need to connect the dot, and uh, as um, um, you know, and because it's kind of correlated. Now, as I share earlier on before our praise and worship time together, uh, the uh, we're gonna look into uh, chapter four, uh, but before that, I would like to share uh, with you some of the. Um, say, research or finding of uh, why uh, people uh, in general afraid or fear of uh, public speaking or even share in front of people, right? Uh, I think generally all people are doing okay if they want to share one-on-one. Uh, even so, I, I found some of a friend I know, uh, when they sit together, they don't know what to share and they just... Uh, Uh, obviously look into their phones and do other things and they don't know how to relate. They don't know how to connect uh, in the deeper level, but most likely on the surface, right? So quite superficial. Uh, relationship among, uh, reportedly among the young people, uh, the uh, millennial onward to Gen Z, uh, meaning like now they are about, you know, teenager or even just in the late 20s. Uh, I think uh, they they connect differently. I think they connect via device. So they sit together, they go into device, they connect, and they 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 you know they keep themselves uh, quiet, and they just sometimes they talk. Whenever they want to talk a deeper issue, they tend to uh, shy away, and they don't want to talk about it because deep issue usually trouble issues, right? Uh, uh, the what you see on each. People's surface is like, you know, whether a real joy or pretending joy or certain thing that, that they not uh, uh, like to speak about, right? So, uh, I want to share with some of you uh, uh, the next slide, some of the findings. Um, uh, there's a Harvard Medical Journal, um, among with other psychological uh, findings, uh, you know, what makes people nervous when spoken. Public when speaking or sharing in public, right? Uh, missing a dash there, uh, sharing in public, because in general, in the statement that is just basically say, people don't like to being watched, right? Uh, you know, if you're standing here, uh, you everybody like you you see that even though just maybe about hundred pairs of eyes, but you feel like thousand, you feel like like millions pairs of eyes watching you. Right, so, uh, and then the second reason, sometimes people feel nervous or don't want to do it because that uh, I, they don't like uh, being what? Next slide, please. Yeah. 
they don't like their eyes on me. I, I don't like the eyes on me. They don't people like, you know, eyes on them and look at them. Uh, and so they, they, they're kind of nervous and they don't want to share. Uh, the third reason is um, they, don't buy, uh, they don't like being uh, in the spotlight. Um, you know, like wherever in the context of your workplace, your, your boss asks you to share something or you do a presentation to a customer or a client, uh, you, you, don't, you feel nervous because you don't want to be in the spotlight, right? So these are general finding uh, of all, you know, it's just summarized in this three statement. This is from uh, the Harvard Medical Journal. Uh, and then the, the, the few others, one is my observation and my also listening to people. And, uh, and, and when I ask why they're uh, afraid, uh, and sometimes they sh- share with me that, uh, they don't like being have the feeling that I might say something wrong. So I, they, because they feel like which means that they don't want to be corrected. None of us want to be corrected. We just sometimes we are afraid to speak because we are afraid that we say something wrong. So better we not to speak. Uh, this has happened all the time in uh, you know, uh, in 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 marriage, or even in within parents and 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 uh, the children. Uh, when the children say something, the parent correct immediately and then cause some issue. And the next time they don't share anymore. They have issue in school. They have issue relationship because they afraid or just psychology. They think that you know they always have been corrected all the time. Even what the parents say is correct, <laughs> but the feeling right. So whoever that's standing in your own various contexts or here, uh, people oftentimes afraid that oh I might say something wrong. But the fact is, all of us from time to time will say something wrong, right? So, so our, our fear, our feeling, our afraid that, which means that, I said the flip side is, which means that if you always want to be right, say nothing at all. I mean, like, you don't say anything, then you're always right. Because you say something, then there will be something wrong, right? Uh, I know that, that, that every Sunday if I speak here, Maybe not the things that I try. That's why I have to prepare. And I told you, I prepare. I pray. Uh, there's certain things that I might be sound wrong because it's always in the context, or at least wrong in the spirit, right? And the Lord sometimes the spirit deal with me after that, and you know. But it's it's a it's a it's a work in progress in a journey. So if you and I feel that oh I might say that, then nobody wants to share. Even you share the good news, say, oh, if I share wrongly. Well, if you have received the good news rightly, I mean, salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, and that no longer is man's work, and that because that you have relationship with Jesus Christ, not having religion, and not just wait for the ticket to heaven, go to heaven, and this is you live it out, then you just share what you receive. Then you're not afraid about something wrong, right? Are you still with me? Uh, the number five, I don't feel comfortable in public. Uh, yeah, I understand that. Some of us, uh, some people said, oh, uh, certain people have a natural gift or talent. They stand in the public. They can you know, just speak anything. No. If you talk to any speaker, right, they prepare well. They, uh, for those Christians, they pray. For those who are you know, non-Christian, uh, they do research, they prepare, they prompt, they have cue card, they, all of that, right? 
Uh, of course, some they have a little bit of, of gift, then they cut short all of that, you know, the cue card, they have mental note, no need paper, you know, it depends. But the point is that everybody is seems like a bit nervous when sharing and, and, and not comfortable, you know, public speaking. But it's, of course, it's through uh, training, through, uh, you know, opportunity. Anyway, I remember the first time that Pastor Eric asked me to share tie an offering. This is 2003. And I was, you know, spent the whole week, it just, uh, you know, search the Bible, what the pastors talk about, tithe and offering. Uh, and pastor, it's not like, you know, it, it's not, I mean, yeah, uh, as you, you do whatever you want, you know. It's not like, you know, walk step by step, you know. But maybe it fit my learning, uh, learning style. So I just done all research and then, you know, I was just, just even, you know, like one minute sharing uh, was I prepared well. For I remember the whole week, just prepare for three minutes sharing. Right? I know some of you did when I asked you to share testimony. <laughs> but I know, I know the difference before we prepare well and before not prepared. Right? Uh, it's just easy to see. Um, but uh, I kind of reflect on, you know, sometimes people share things in public and they're quite comfortable, especially in social media. If they, if, they, if they sing or they dance or whatever they do, and the millions are watching on them, they're fine. But sharing about the Word of God, three minutes, one minute, they seem to be, uh, you know, nervous, afraid. Sharing with a colleague if they know well in the office, and they feel that oh, I might be, uh, appear unprofessional. Now, if you use the office time to share about the good news, that unprofessional. But that if you share the good news during lunchtime, which is your free time, or after the working hours, which is the right thing to do. People are not afraid of, you know, exposing themselves in the social media in some time provocative way. You know, they're not afraid of showing their bikinis on Facebook, but they're afraid of sharing one, two words of good news, of hope to the people. I wonder. Is that because they don't think there is a direct eye on the, when they share, when they post? But little did they know it's going to be a million's eyes. And it's searchable. So when I ask people share the good news of how they came to meet Christ, they all freak out. We'll talk about the red chair later. I don't know, right? Three minutes, right? But then they can share hours and hours of things that even not bring honor and glory to God. And that's kind of a moment of reflection for me. All right, uh, I want to share with you this uh, next slide. You all know the book of Jonah, the prophet of Jonah. If you haven't read the book of Jonah, go home and read today. But sometimes, have you ever wondered that, you know, God says, Jonah, you know, go to Nineveh and, you know, and uh, proclaim, you know, that uh, there will be destruction. And no, no, uh, sorry, Jonah went the opposite direction, right? You know the story. But the historical context, when you read that, you have to understand that Noah 
was freaking out because of the context of who was the Ninevite, the Assyrian army. If you have not known about the Assyrians army, is perhaps is one of the greatest army ever uh, before uh, Alexander the Great and after that Roman Empire. So they are the first sophisticated kind of in administration, uh, in trade, and especially in army, in military. Is they number one? That's why they conquer so much. And also not because of their administrative skill of management, but their warfare. Their warfare is cruel and wicked, and it's just like, you know, scare all the enemies who want to rebel against them. Uh, they will uh, conquer. They're good in archer. They have good archer. They're arching. they also like public. Uh, humiliation and scare, and when they, they conquer, they subdue the enemy, they will put them on the pork or this, the, the, the impale them. And you know, this is some of the, the artifact that they just demonstrate how cruel they are. Even they have their own art, Assyrian art, just portray their cruelty. So the enemy will uh, afraid and not, not against them. And they skin them. And they, I mean, some of the, the, um, the, uh, the documents said that they skinned them so many that they even paved to the tower and they pull out their tongue, uh, the enemy's tongue. They put a hook in the nose and they drag the enemies like dogs. So with that context, that's why you understand Jonah ran away. <laughs> Imagine they, the ISIS today, nothing compared to them. Just a small group, right? This is the whole empire. And they are the capital at Nineveh, right? Which means that basically Jonah said, Lord, you're kidding me. You set me alone there and tell them you repent or I destroy you. What are they going to do? They skin Jonah better in the fish rather than be skinned by them, right? And pull out his tongue and all of that. And they, will, they did. They will do it. And in history, so they did it, right? So that context you understand now why Jonah ran away. So the next slide, Jonah was afraid because I don't want to be butcher, you know. Maybe Jonah don't say, oh, I don't like eyes watching on me. Oh, I don't feel like comfortable in public. Maybe none of that because he said that, you know, if I going to obey the Lord, I will be butcher, right? So this is his fear of why not, he did not obey in the first place. So God used the fish, all of that. You read the story and just peeled him out into the land. And he went, uh, instead of supposedly, supposedly he had to went all one round of the city to proclaim, you know, uh, the king, uh, that God would destroy the city. Instead, halfway, he's just so scared. He halfway that he proclaimed, in Hebrew, only five little words, right? Repent or destroy, right? You will destroy. And then you know the story. He, he, he was not happy because God changed his mind. But here, Jonah hesitated to speak God's word because he afraid that he will be killed. He'll be butchered. The second one that you remember the story of Peter, right? The next slide, Peter denied Jesus three times. Peter denied Jesus three times. 
uh, people, uh, the, 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 the servant girl asked him, Hey, I remember you. You're one of the Jesus' disciples. He said, No, I'm not. And then the second time, he said, Yeah. Uh, the soldier said, I think you're among the disciples of Jesus. No, I'm not. Basically, Peter denied his identity in Christ. He was mingling, follow Jesus, all the more, pull out his sword, protect Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. I will die with you and I will fight for you. And then and the minute that they asked him, you are a disciple because he saw the king, his king, uh, Jesus Christ, already got arrested. He said, that, wow, this guy, if, if he's a son of God, he can you know, escape himself. The more powerful than soldier, why, you know, my, my Lord got arrested. Because he didn't know the plan. He didn't know God's plan. Therefore, he, he, he denied his own identity that he just got in Christ Jesus. And many often time that in our life, sometimes we didn't say out loudly, I deny Jesus. But our action, our lifestyle, and even we have identity crisis. We don't know who we are and where we belong. And that is identity crisis. That's why we deny Jesus by not speaking about him, that I am Christ follower. I am Christian. Thank you, sir. You know, sometimes I heard story, I've seen some people going to the workplace, they try to be a secret service Christian. They don't want their boss to know that I am Christian. They don't want their colleague to know that they're Christian. They don't want people to find out they are Christian because they may sound like a fool. They may sound like, you know, oh, you're outdated, you are old-fashioned, you are not cool, you're Christian, you know. And then, of course, we have a lot of story and bad image about Christianity throughout history. And then people sometimes, they're afraid to identify with Christianity in the public square. They might lose their job. They might have uh, a less opportunity to get promoted. Because it looks like they can detect the pattern. Those who are more secular have other religion to the boss. Then the boss promoted that person more. So if I tell that I'm Christian, then there might be less chance of being promoted. They all have hidden. You, only you know. Only you know that whether, why you hesitate to speak about the good news, it might be you like Peter, you don't want to be crucified. You don't want to be killed. You don't want to be humiliated. You don't want to be people, um, you know, uh, dis disown you or isolate you. If you just kind of reflect to how you got saved in the first place. If you were born in a Christian family, praise the Lord. But that could be the pitfall that you never experienced. How miraculous how miraculously that God saved you to His grace because you were born in a Christian family. And this is why even you're born in a Christian family, I encourage you, you need to have a personal relationship. Imagine this. Imagine that you and I walk down the street and then the truck about to hit us and somebody snatched us out. We just escaped death. And not just physical death, eternal death. 
And that's how, how thankful we are for the salvation of you. We cannot but speak about salvation because you will tell people that, oh, you know, God saved me from the truck hit or somebody survived a plane crash. Imagine all the passengers in the world die and you survive. You will go on TV. You will tell how miraculous that you got saved because you just got the plane crash and you survived. This is even greater that you survive on not only in this planet, but you also will live in eternity. How great is the good news? If you and I hesitate to speak about the good news that we just received by faith, because there is somewhat we have an issue with identity. We do not identify with Christ. Humiliation, crucifixion, and then when comes resurrection, we seem to identify, okay, Christ resurrected. And then about the ascension, that He went up to the heaven, and then He gave us the Holy Spirit, and then He said He will come back and take us to be with Him. If you're not proud about all of that, if you are not so like thrilled, say, wow, such a God that really now, you know, like as we celebrate Christmas, He with us. Think about your own president being in your household, in your house. Now, I know some of you don't like your president, which is okay. But we have, we have the King of kings, all right, the Lord of lords. And if He's with you, with your household, you cannot but speak about Him. Think about that. Is that correct? The second one, the, th- the third slide, next one. Now I have a question for us. <laughs> you might say, some of you have many reasons, but I know you say, yeah, I don't like this red chair. Well, by the way, this red chair is not for me. It just happened that nobody said I sit there, right? right. Uh, but it's just a reminder that, you know, this year, you know that I have the... Um, you know, we have, because the pandemic, so we have YouTube, we have live stream, uh, you know, and thanks God that I think, uh, if it's not, it not because the pandemic, uh, I never, you know, want to create the live stream and do the YouTube. I tell you what, there's a, there, there is a, a, a minute, an hour that, you know, I, like, I don't like people being watch me. If I might say something wrong, it's on YouTube, people command, you know, that there's this distraction, uh, I don't like, you know, to have a, a record of me that's available on YouTube. But I, I scratched my head. I went to with the Lord and said, Lord, if, if it is useful for your kingdom, it is, can be an instrument and can share. As I also, you know, uh, search YouTube and I be encouraged by other people. And so what, if, if, if I can be an encouraging to other ones, you know, what is that to me? I'm crucified. I'm dead. I, 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 I don't deserve any you know, uh, honor or privilege or entitlement. Uh, just be a vessel for you. Uh, if people don't like it, then that's fine. I might say something wrong, that's fine. I will correct it. If I've been corrected by, uh, by, by a good one, I will accept it. I will learn from it. And then we have the YouTube channel, and which is uh, so some good feedback, you know, being instrumental, being helpful. And so this year, uh, we have the series called, you know, I Met Jesus. And those who will share, sit on a red chair. It's just, you know, kind of nice for the video. 
If you don't like the red chair, I can change to black. A white chair, whatever you want, you know. The point is to share about very testimony. So don't tell me whenever you come and say, yeah, pastor, I forgot my testimony at home. Well, that's a true story about that, I told you. There's a gentleman invited in one of the church uh, to share Stephanie or his schedule. He prepared so well. And he put on all the notes in, right? And then he came up. And the pastor said, please invite uh, Mr. So-and-so. Come up. Come up. And then he said, uh, you know, he's standing there for about a minute. but feel like, you know, an hour. And then he said, sorry, I forgot my testimony at home. Because all he's written in the note. And he cannot share without the detail. Which means that I don't know if his testimony, no judgment, his testimony is really part of his heart. Or somebody wrote for him. Or he just cut and paste somewhere and make it nice. I don't know. I can be judged. But if you're telling me that your testimony, you know, you left at home, there's something wrong. Something wrong, at least with the relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm not even sure that do you understand the good news. Are you with me? So if the next time I ask you to share, what do you say? Yeah, I say I'm busy, right? The best way. What do you say, Diego? Huh? Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, you brought your, my testimony. Yeah, I brought my testimony. Yes. Testimony is the voice in your heart, right? One liner, two liner, three liner. Not a big deal. It's not about how long it is or how short it is. It's about is it your testimony, right? You don't want to copy. You don't want to say that message has to be great like that. And oftentimes you will say, oh, uh, my story will be boring. Nothing to worrying about that. If you got saved by the Lord and your story, sometimes it's just simple, but that's great. You have such a blessing, especially those who like no drama in their salvation, right? Oh, I was born a Christian. I just believed Jesus Christ. And I go home. Wow, that's a great, that's a blessing. Compared to, uh, I was in jail. I smoked. I got, and then people feel like, oh, that's drama. Because we were trained to like drama. We watch too much movie, we like drama. Sometimes we pay ticket to get our emotion manipulated. Seriously. <laughs> That's why people watch horror movie and, 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 and ghost movie. Because they don't have a peaceful life ready. They need their emotion to be manipulated. Are you still with me? The gospel has not enough drama for you. I mean, full of drama if you have read the word of the Lord. Amen? So what do you say to the red chair? Some of you think that I might have forgot already. No, 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 no. Some of you pray really hard. Right? But by the way, let me be honest here. Those who sit in red chair, I need to know them. They need to know me. So if you've been here to the church less than a year, you wait. Why? I don't want you to share that. I don't know you. You don't know me. And then, 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 then the next time people ask, they, who is that person? Uh, where are they? I like, uh, I don't know. Cannot, right? So those who've been more than a year, right? At least you come to church regularly. At least you attend one of the small groups. At least I know, know you. You know me, right? And then you can sit on the red chair. For me, it's a privilege uh, it's, it's a way to share Christ. And remember this, you share one time, you record it one time, and if you have a friend there, you just say, oh, hey, look, you know, sometimes like, 
instead of you share to them directly, send them link, they kind of, uh, you know, shyly watch later. If it, even they're already convinced about Christianity, but they're not sure, and they, 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 they sometimes they shy not to admit to you, uh, I'm convinced now, and you know, I want to know more about Jesus, and then it's at a time. So, we recorded, we have a series there, I, I met Jesus in a red chair, and if you don't like the red chair, tell me, I changed to a different color, okay? All right? Uh, less, less, more intimidating for some of you, right? Wow, that's just the introduction. <laughs> wow, uh, because I have a good sleep, right? So, and I don't see the clock. Oh, the clock is here, changing the position. Okay, so 10. Wow, I still have 15 minutes. Uh, I, I try, 20. Okay, um, let us go to the book of Acts, chapter 4. Chapter 4. Are you there? Right. Just kind of uh, make a connection here. Chapter 3, talk about, you know, a lame beggar got healed. And um, Peter just kind of, you know, declare, you know, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth and rise and walk. So people witness the miracle. And all the people there, includes the priest and all of that, they know that this guy been lame for all his lifetime. And who is this uh, uneducated folks like Peter? They, they didn't go to university but they just declare in the name of Jesus. And then they also, you know, in a way that spoke, Peter spoke into the crowd face, like, you guys crucify him. The, the very Lord that, you know, God sent, you guys crucify him. So they're not, they, they were not happy. They, they, they upset. And then here in chapter 4, they say they were speaking to people and the priest, the captain of the temple, the Sadducee came upon them. Uh, verse 2, greatly annoyed. They're annoyed. And be, because of they were teaching the people and proclaiming, proclaiming Jesus, in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. For the Sadducee, they don't believe in the bodily resurrection. The Pharisee believe in the resurrection, but the Sadducee. So it seems like they have certain internal conflict already about the guy named Jesus. And, you know, there's the evidence that he rose from the dead. And then they, of course, if you read the gospel, they spread out the, the, the false fake news that Jesus Christ, you know, the disciples stole his body, therefore cannot find his body. But it's, it, all the witnesses, you know, uh, not only in one spot, but spread out to other regions, they saw Jesus Christ bodily resurrected. So they kind of like, you know, they don't know what to do. But here, Peter, they're kind of proclaiming. And they arrested them. They arrested Peter and uh, the disciple there. And put them, remember, Peter denied three times. This is Peter guy. The guy, I guess, if you want to uh, understand Peter, like, he's a bit of maybe, you know, shy a bit, but sometimes he, he's, he, sometime he's very bold, sometimes we roll back. You can see throughout the gospel and then the, the, the letters um, that Paul wrote as well. So he's sometimes very zealous. And, you know, you saw he denied Jesus, but now he's boldly proclaimed of Jesus' resurrection. They arrested Peter and put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. But many, those who heard the word, the word believe, and the number of men came to about 5,000. One thing about speaking good news Regardless of how people respond, once you and I spoke, let's say to ten, maybe nine rejected, but one heard and believed. 
And that is the work of the Holy Spirit through our obedience of speaking God's word. Remember, God's word, which means you cannot make it up. It has speaking from the Bible, right? So regardless of how people respond, when you and I willing, like Peter, just to proclaim, like the four beggars, uh, four uh, lepers, proclaim the good news, whether they believe or not, it's not, not a big deal. And then, well, the captain did not believe and got crushed at the door. You and I, like Peter, when we proclaim the good news, it's up to people to receive or reject it. It's not your problem. It's not our problem. But it is a problem if we don't speak. On the next day, their ruler and elders cry and gather together in Jerusalem with Annas, the, uh, the high priest, and Ca- uh, Caiaphas, John, and John, uh, Alexander, and all who were with the high priestly family, the high priestly family, and they were, had set them in the midst and they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if it, we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed? Let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you and the builders, uh, by you the builders, which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, and there is no other name under heaven given among men, which we must be saved. And this is give us a good solid evidence that if there is no name under heaven, beside the name we given among us is Jesus Christ. So, Christian, we should not be kind of, um, of uh, confused when like, oh yeah, that person died, but he's quite a good person, right? So he must be go to heaven, right? My grandpa, I think all his life he's a, a good person. And then he did a lot of good work, right? Contributing society, uh, but he had not yet received Jesus Christ. But I guess... He can go to heaven. It is not our job to declare somebody go to heaven, but it's also not our job that to make God do what we think it should be. If God wants to save that person the last minute in the conversation, that's up to Him. But it's not our job that, yeah, you know, that person is, you know, is nice, handsome, beautiful, one of our fans, but, you know, he's still a good person, never receives a cry, but, you know, I think he's going to... The Bible is clear. There's no other name under heaven except the name that we say with Jesus Christ. There's no other door. There's no other entrance. Only one entrance. The rest are fake one. The rest are the one that look the same but not the same. Are you still with me? So there's no point to say, yeah, you know, that person is saved. I think he's saved because, you know, he's a good person. Nothing about the Bible says that good people will get saved. People who believe in Jesus Christ, even how bad they are. As the criminal was, cru- was crucified with Jesus in the last minute and he repented and he got in paradise with him. 
And Jesus invited him. Remember, he responded because he said that, you know, this man did nothing wrong. Let me talk about Jesus. Now, when they saw the bonnet of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, you mean that I guess they didn't go to university, I guess. What they would be able to read and write, I guess. So maybe high school. Uh, that they had been with Jesus. But seeing the man who was healed standing beside them, they had nothing to say in opposition. But when they had commanded them to leave the council, they conferred with one another, saying, What shall we do with this man? And Peter and the gang, right? And for that is a notable sign he has been performed through them is evident to all inhabitants. I mean, those people around see the very miracle that the lame beggar got healed. And we cannot deny it. They know. They cannot deny it. They cannot reject it right in their face. Not just like somebody they pull out from region and just showcase there. No. This guy been there all the time. And so they call them and charge them. Remember, call them. Arrested them in custody. Now call them out and say, okay, we release you because we cannot deny the evidence. You did nothing wrong according to our law. We release you, but cannot keep talking about Jesus. One, one requirement. There's something, something wrong that they're afraid about talking about Jesus. You have to understand that the whole world, even include all authority, there's something they're afraid that when we tell others about Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. So, they call them church not to speak and teach at all in the name of Jesus. Not teach, not talk. Keep quiet, zip your mouth, go your own business. That's what secular, secularism is doing to our faith. Neutral ground, secularize it, don't talk. Don't bring your faith here to workplace. Don't talk about it here. Go to your own private zone. Go to your church. Go to your home. Don't mess it up here, those Christians. And throughout history, Christians had been silent, but never be able to silent in Tavel, brought a kind of a Christian. Throughout persecution in the Bible, in the first century, through second, through 21st century, there will someone will be silent. Because they chose not to identify themselves with Christ. Because they identified themselves with career development. They identified themselves with job development. They identified with self-help development. They identified themselves with the popularity that the world might give to them. These people, Peter, they undereducated, and they spoke boldly. In the educated world, we mean the Pharisee, the Sadducee, they know the law, they memorize the law, they teach the law. The, uh, the, the captain of the temple, I mean, that those who are in authority, they're not afraid. They spoke of the good news, I mean, the name of Jesus. This is what they want, God want. You did it again, we put it in jail, but they, they threatened them. But Peter and the gang did not afraid of what the threat might be. Because, and when they heard further, uh, they, they had further threatened them, they let them go, verse 21, uh, and uh, find no way to punish them. So usually the Roman law, if you, they, they violate something, they will, uh, you know, whack them if there is some violation. But they cannot find. Because this guy just healed the lame beggar, basically teaching about Jesus. What, what ground is that that, you know, that you're going to punish the people, but throughout history, people talk about Jesus, they can get in jail, even in our world today. 
Our Christian brother in the Middle East suffer greatly. You open your mouth, tell about Jesus, you can be, you can be beheaded, you can be in jail, you can be staffed. And right after anyone who, who, who just, you know, have a cartoon caricature of a, a different religion, and then he got beheaded right in the broad daylight in France. We are living in the world that not very different from the ancient world. If you speak about Jesus, you got, got arrested, you got in custody, you got warned, you will tell you cannot speak of that. Keep quiet. Secularism around the world that has cornered our Christian faith to the point of suffocated and death. That's why churches in Europe, speaking generally here, is just a museum. Great cathedral, great building. The faith is dead long time. It's turned because they cannot sustain it. The building will be sold, auctioned. Nice building, auction, because there's no fit there. Because it's not about the building. Auction turned into bar, pub, karaoke, other things. Remember, church is not a building. It's the people of God congregate, whether by the river, in the mountain, in the jungle, in the hut, in the building. Church is the assembly of the saint, where people keep, proclaiming the good news as they're being crushed, as they're being persecuted, as they face life struggle, as they, they face the pandemic, as they suffer from even the present time, but they continue to spread the good news. That's the church. Because they said this, for we cannot but speak of what we have seen and heard. They have seen and heard. Let me make to the first point. Next slide, please. When you and I, if and when we have seen, if or when we have seen and heard what Jesus had been done for others and ourselves, if and when. The next one, then point number one, we cannot but speak of Jesus in public. Now, it's easy to understand that if you and I hesitate to speak about Jesus in public, I'm not saying that, you know, you have to go to the street corner and, you know, declare that. Simply speak in your own environment, your workplace, your neighbor, your friends, you know, over coffee and tea. And I said again, it would be unprofessional if you have a business meeting and then one hour and you stop there and then you spend about 20 minutes talking about Jesus. It would be unprofessional and maybe people will get upset because we are about meeting. But plan, like, hey, oh, come over dinner, you know, at my place, or we can go dinner, uh, just an hour, and then, you know, fellowship, talk to them, uh, and then share about Jesus. People will appreciate because uh, hopefully you pay for dinner, right? So invite people for dinner, and then uh, people will appreciate it. And nobody's nobody going to resist that, right? Are you, are you still with me? You know, instead of, you know, eating alone or spending on other things, you know, why don't even this Christmas invite someone that you, you have a bit of relationship in your workplace and say, hey, look, you come out, you know, have you ever heard about true story of Christmas? I got to pay for your coffee and, you know, uh, 
So one, one hour, you can just take 15 minutes or 20 minutes. If you can go one hour, it's good, you know. I mean, of course, you listen to them as well, and then you want to tell others, right? There's some, that if, you know, what I say, if there is a will, there's a way. If you want to do it, there will be all, many different ways to do it. But if your heart is like, you know, I, I never seen and witnessed the miracle. The context here, the miracle. I never seen that what God had done in my life. But even I seen, I gave it to myself. Because secular, secularized society has cornered me to zip my mouth, shut my mouth, care about my business, and don't talk about Jesus. Outdated, you know, old-fashioned. If that is you, you need to repent today. You cannot but speak Jesus in public. Are you ashamed about Jesus? If not, let your heart speak. Number two, we won't be afraid any public threat regarding telling others about Jesus. Well, always there's a threat. I remember a few of, few of you here that told me, you know, uh, you know, that if you continue to speak about Jesus, you will lose your job. And there's a certain environment like that. Right? But I often advise, say, look, if a class, if you're a teacher, you teach Jesus in the classroom that you are, pl- that's not good because that, you know, classrooms, mathematics, you have 45 minutes, then you use 10 minutes to, no, you know, wait for the recession or just after lunch, you know. As I said, you know, we, we, we respect authority. We do it in a respectful way. Uh, but, you know, don't, don't just abuse, right? But be, be intentional. Hey, look, you know, off hour, lunchtime, dinner time, uh, play time, running time, sport time. So many different times that you can structure in in a very natural way. Just share what you receive. So that's why I said, if you never heard, never seen what God has done for you, then I guess the natural result is that you don't share. That's understood. And I'm fine with that too. You know, because we mean that you need to be saved. I have to remind myself that every single church around the world, there are always lost people in the church. They've been to the religion for 20 years, but they're still lost. Because they never get the heartbeat of Christ. I just got saved from the truck hit. I just got survived from the plane crash. I just escaped the eternal hell. I just, instead of I got shot and pulled and butchered like Jonah or crucified like Jesus, I now saved. I cannot but speak of Jesus and telling others about Him. Are you still with me? Number three. We will pray and continue to speak the word of God with boldness. Boldness. Boldness does not mean arrogant. Boldness does not mean rude. Boldness means confidently, Christ confidently. It's like if you are an expert in a field of, say, your cooking, your teaching, your, you know, uh, uh, like, like Oliver, like, you know, pilot. 
if you ask him about how you're going to, uh, you know, fly the plane, he's like, oh, uh, I'm not sure uh, how I'm going to fly. I mean, nobody wants to fly with him. Like, uh, how I'm not sure that you know, this button, I don't know. You know with boldness, say, hey, this is what it is, right? Not arrogant, but just say, hey, you know, I know my stuff, and this is what, you know, is it. So the question, do you know God's words? If you don't study them, don't read them, you don't know. Correct? If you don't know, then you don't speak. That's it. If I never try Indo- Indonesian food, then how there I can tell that how spicy and nice it is. For some of us, read spicy as ugliness or terrible, right? That's okay. Right? So, which means that you never study God's Word and receive the good news, then you don't know how tasty it is, how good it is, how great it is, how wonderful it is, then you can't tell. Right? Uh, I don't like the feeling that people will hate me after this. But it's not about me, right? So remember this. Whenever that you share about the good news, whether in a one-on-one conversation, in a small group, in a public square, on YouTube, in a red chair, it's not about you. Can you say to your neighbor, it's not about you. Even you and I share, but it's not about you. It's about Jesus. Amen? So whenever you as a come and, and, and share your testimony in the... Uh, you know, I, I feel I'm not uh, eloquent enough. I, I feel that, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not good enough. Who said that it's about you? Even a child say, you know, I'm, I'm nine years old. I don't know everything about the world, but let me tell you about Jesus. How about that? As a child like faith. Oh, this is convicting to me. I don't know about you. We will pray and continue to speak the word of God with boldness. Number four. Number four. There's some delay in our slide. Sorry. Try again. Number four. Oh. Huh? Number four. There's no number four. No, I mean the number is so. Yeah, the next one. Yeah, sorry. Oh, that's it. That's all. Oh, really? Is there some problem with the the number four? Let me read for us here. I'm sorry. Oh yes, number three. Oh, still number four. Wrong number, my bad. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, number three. Uh, we will share. Um, uh, this is number three. We'll, I think this is number four. We will share and help the needy uh, testify the resurrection of the Lord and receive great grace. This is from the text there. That you can take note and go home and read it. I just kind of summarized first. You know, when you and I have seen and heard about what the Lord has done for 
others. I mean, that, like the, the, the crowd that witnessed the lame beggar got healed. And then, of course, Peter himself witnessed that Christ, you know, restore him and save him. We will continue to share and help the needy. This is the after effect of the, 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 the lame man got healed. They gather together, they find things in common, they share on needy. You know, I thank God that the pandemic happened and I see God's grace and God's goodness and greatness happen in our church. We talk about specifically our church here. I know other churches also have that, you know, we are able to help the needy, those who are in need. And we always practice uh, that Matthew 6, chapter, uh, chapter 6, verse 3, that when we give, we do not let the right hand know that. So we don't broadcast. We don't publicize. We don't brag about it. We don't do marketing campaign. That's how much people we're going to help. I know that's a trend. Right? That's a trend. Oh, this we have much, and then every church publicized. We, we share with you later, but it's just for us. We don't put on Facebook. We don't brag about it. We don't put on anything because we practice, and I personally believe that when we give to others, we don't let, let the left or the right hand know, which means that we give in discreet because so that people will give thanks to the Lord and not you know, necessarily give thanks to us. Help the needy, testify the resurrection of the Lord. You know, you help the needy one thing. What's the difference between our, you know, all the social program or NGO is that we will tell them. Because God is so good, being blessing to us, we want to be blessing to others. We test about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's hope for you, even in the pandemic. There's hope for you, even in this crisis. There's hope for you in Jesus Christ, even you got the, lost a job or received 70% pay cut or whatever. There's hope. And I'm, I'm, I'm feel uh, sometimes it's perplexed and painful, or sometimes Christian lose hope because literally they don't believe in the restoration of Jesus Christ. They don't believe in the the beautiful thing that God became human. We celebrate Christmas. That's the miracle. They don't believe that the crucifixion is a miracle, resurrection, the ascension. The Spirit with us is miracle. We are the unholy people and the Holy Spirit dwell in the unholy framework or because of Jesus Christ that bridged the gap and we be able to have a communion with God. That is beautiful. It's like you and I sitting on the, a big banquet with the king, with the president, with the invitation by name. And that's how privileged that we are. We will continue to share the good news and testify the resurrection of Jesus Christ and receive great grace. What great grace means here like, oh, some of you receive small and I receive big. No, it's not. Because it's a community. We talk about the context of 5,000 added to the church. So if you and I receive grace, then multiply the second person, third person, fourth person. We have a thousand, we have five thousand. It's multiply God's grace. We all receive His grace. And when we all speak the good news, it multiply. Then we witness God's great grace. Amen? Let's just spend five minutes of reflection of all the things that I just share with you, and hopefully the Holy Spirit do the convincing, convicting, and pruning work in your heart.
Lord Jesus. Lord, I pray for those who have not seen and heard what you have done in their life, in the lives of others. Lord, you open their eyes today. Because when they seen and heard and read the word and believed, they cannot but speak of you wherever they are. Over a cup of coffee, over lunch, over a simple bread at home. It's just water. It doesn't need to be fancy. It's not about impressing others. It's about you, Lord Jesus. Impress Jesus on someone else. And Lord, let us be creative. Let us stir up in us in the, the will that we want to do this. And there will be a way and each of us will have assess our own situation and find out a way to speak of your goodness, of the good news of our Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, when we do this, the devil and his... His uh, gang, the demons, will not like us and will use the different things to discourage to do this. It could be we'll upset our schedule, we feel hassle, we feel hectic. And that could be the sign that we need to rearrange priority in our lives. It could be the sign that we need to repent and see what this life is about. And Lord, sometimes you use different things in our calendar and upset our, our comfort zone so that we can grow. Lord, we will not be afraid of any threat, whether ex existential threat, or it's a threat that even not realistic. We keep telling others about Jesus. Lord, we will help us to pray, because it's the language that no man can stop. The disciple and the apostle pray in jail. They sing song and praises. Nobody can stop them. They can put them in jail. But no one can stop us by praying for the lost, praying for our country, praying for our beloved. And speak your word with boldness. Some of us may need a call back home for those who of us who have our loved one have not yet received Christ. Say, either mama, papa, grandma, friends, colleagues. And tell them, just find a local church nearby. Tell them, or fight for them. This is the place you come, and you'll check it out. In this pandemic, there's hope for you. I cannot send money enough for you. There's no silver and gold I can send enough. But what I have received in the name of the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, I give it to you. Go and find it. Lord, we want to share and help the needies. Those with this pandemic hit hardly and lose job, you see pay cut, live in anxiety. Whether it's constantly, every day, or on a weekly basis, Lord, we just want to pray that, Lord, their hope remain in you. Their faith even grows stronger during the testing and trial time. We testify about your resurrection, O oh Lord. As we give grace to others, 
your grace is multiplied. And we receive greater grace for our community. We thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you for listening. We pray that you and your family are encouraged by these messages. Join us next time and do press the follow button on our profile page to keep up to date with the latest messages. God bless you.